0: we are gathered here today to pay tribute to one of the greatest and most legendary nxt uk superstars in history as he makes his last stand ladies and gentlemen this podcast is sacred i am the maniac Matt tenant welcoming you to another edition of the union smack podcast and another look back at nxt uk this time from the beginning of 2022 now, you'll have noticed by now that we're not swerving you this week. I am indeed flying solo. Travis can't be with us because it is Lady Hussy's birthday. Many happy returns. But were we not? I'm going to bring you the very best, and in some cases worst, from January's NXT UK. But before we start, as always, we have things to haul. So you can find us on Twitter, at Bruisermates, at Hus Hogan and at Union Smack, Go and follow all three accounts. UnionSmack.Podbean.com where you can find links to all other podcast sites and Anchor.fm forward slash Union-Smack where you'll find the link to us on Pocket Casts. We don't usually do that, but I wrote it out especially to make it easier for you this week. You'll also find us on Stitcher and Audible too. And wherever you listen to your podcasts, you'll find us there. We're all over the world now, so there's no excuse. Go to unionsmack.bigcartel.com for all your Habiki TMD merchandise needs. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash unionsmack for the new unionsmack logo shirt. Lulu.com where you can purchase a copy of my books. The Undertaker, A Trip Down Death Valley and NXT UK Year One. And if you didn't catch any of that, then all links to our social media and merchandise platforms are available at the very top of the Podbean page. So get yourselves over there and don't miss a thing. Now I can take a breath. So without further ado and without wasting your much valuable time, because there's a lot to get through this month. Let's kick off our January 2022 NXT UK review and we're getting straight in there with the January the 6th edition Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter versus Simbiosis by far Travis's favorite tag team if you've ever listened now we are told this is a tag team tournament match the winner of this tournament will get a shot at Mustache Mountain and the NXT UK tag team championships Now, before we get into this match, I have to say, flat out, lazy. Absolutely bone-fucking-idle. Every time NXT UK need a challenger for the Tag Team Championships, they hold a tournament, or they hold a fatal four-way match, with the only four teams they have. And those four teams being Smith & Carter, Symbiosis, Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars, and either Pretty Deadly or Moustache Mountain, depending on who's got the titles and when. Now, there are so many more ways they could go about this. The NXT UK Tag Team Division, first off, make no bones about it, needs a huge overhaul. It needs a massive injection of life. They have to start signing new teams as soon as possible. Not just throwing together wrestlers that they've got nothing else for, Dave Mastiff, Jack Stars. But they have to sign actual teams because this division is now looking sparse and desperate and stale. So in the UK right now, you've got teams like Aussie Open, Sunshine Machine, the Smoking Aces. And most notably, and I think importantly, The Young Guns. And if you don't know them, that's Luke Jacobs and Ethan Allen. You'll find them over in Progress, mostly. Um, you, you can find them in other indie places, but right now you know, you'll be able to see much more of them in Progress on the WWE Network. And these are all teams that would breathe new life into the NXT UK Tag Team Division. And the Young Guns especially. They're the most promising team in the world today, in my opinion. Ethan Allen... I think, in particular, has the most promise I've seen in a wrestler since, you know, a young Pete Dunn. So, I'd get some of these teams in and quick. I know there's general consensus that NXT UK might not last, you know, the year. But it it definitely won't if you don't at least try to, you know, reinvent it. And you can't carry on a tag team division with four teams because once Mustache Mountain have beat pretty deadly. So once they go through the winner of this tournament and then the other two teams, there's nothing left. We need something new and we need it now. As for this match, it was good. It, Travis messaged me after this and said, Ashton Smith looked like a star and, I, you know, and Oliver Carter as well. And I don't disagree with that. However, I, th- I think they're looking more hopeful as a team smith and carter but they do still lack a certain star quality that will come with time um and effort and obviously you know the right booking which they haven't got what since 2019 i think when they first became a team but it's starting to pick up for them now and i i hope nxt gate kate Fuck that up, didn't I? I hope NXT UK go all the way with both of them, and it's about time Ashton Smith did something on this brand because he's been here since the twenty eighteen NXT UK, or I should say WWE United Kingdom Championship tournament, and they've done nothing with him. It looked promising at the beginning of NXT UK when he teamed with Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster against Gallus. But since then, he's been cannon fodder. Now, like I said, this match was fine. However, one critical little tidbit I have of it is that every time it began to pick up momentum, it just came to a halt with rest holds. It's almost like they couldn't figure out a way to carry on the momentum through the match. You know, it'd build, it'd build, it'd build, then cut flat rest holds. There was a nice pop-up powerbomb by Primate, which he got a lovely bit of hang time on. Oliver Carter hit a lovely springboard drop kick, and then the pace started to pick up properly at the end. You know, there were no rest holds. It was tag, go, tag, go. Carter's athleticism, top-notch. He was flying everywhere, but, but not in a, a Will spray way. Not in a, I have to fly because I've got nothing else to me you know, type of way. Smith and Carter win with the Springboard Doomsday Device Cutter. And I'm sure Andy Shepard said it was called something, but he babbled it. I couldn't understand what it was, and it is actually the first time in my memory that they've named this finishing move. So, I have to point out at this moment that the four teams I mentioned at the beginning aren't the only teams... That NXT UK could rely on Ashton Smith and Rampage Brown. They were a very successful tag team on the UK independent circuit as POD. You know that they, they went to. I think they are in insane championship wrestling, Preston championship wrestling, or all the smaller ones you probably wouldn't have heard of if you're not from the UK. But you know they were tag team champions. They had record reigns, etc. Now. If NXT UK or WWE will not sign other, you know, complete tag teams from Progress, from the Indies, then the other option could be, and it's not going to be a popular one with everyone, break up Smith and Carter and then put Smith and Rampage together just to help boost that tag team division. Now, Rampage Brown isn't doing much right now. He's injured. But when he comes back, I don't see him challenging Dragunov successfully for the United Kingdom Championship again anytime soon, um, especially after what we see with Jordan Devlin and Dragunov later in this review. So why not give him you know, a, a spot in the tag team division right at the top? Don't expect him to drop down the card because he won't. But Smith and Rampage versus Mustache Mountain, if... Smith and Rampage as POD confined, you know, what they had on the Indies would be massive, and I think it would also elevate Ashton Smith to the next level. It's just a st- suggestion. NXT UK probably won't do it, but you know something has to be done. We get a video package of Ilya Dra- Ilya. Oh, I can't even speak this week. Ilya Dragonov. Running up steps in Russia like Rocky. And he says what is important to him is his family. And then we see shots of his wife and son Constantine at home. And it adds a layer to him. I I, I like this. Usually it would just be, you know, padding for an episode. But this adds to him. Because all we've really seen of Dragunov so far, you know, is the Russian brawler. The man who will take and take and take punishment that no human body could possibly with you know endure and then we hear what Jordan Devlin had to say about him in last month's review you know about his his family growing up without you know a father and a provider etc and we see the brawl that they had next up we get a video package of Walter and his time in NXT UK. And we're told that next week will be his final stand on the brand. Now, Walter speaks after this. He says that, you know, his time here has been dominant. And it's, a, it's heartfelt. As, as heartfelt, I think, as Walter will ever get. And then he trashes Nathan Fraser, which sets up his final match. On the January the 13th edition. Now to top off the January the 6th episode. We get the NXT UK Women's Championship match. Mako Satamura defending against Blair Davenport. Now I have been very, very critical of Blair Davenport. Slash Bea Priestley. Since she came into NXT UK. And I believe that what I've said stands. She hasn't been spectacular she hasn't been outstanding she's shown barely anything you know mainly because they've put her against jobbers and they haven't really brought out what she showed the world in japan even though that hasn't been much either however this match i thought was top notch considering that davenport who is you know uh, i'm going to go out there and say sort of limited had to carry some of this And had to call some of this. But by the end both women looked like stars. And I will say when this match kicked off. It didn't have that big fight feel it should have had. It just felt like another television championship match. Which I will add the NXT UK have to sort out. There is no sign of a UK takeover this year. That it might come in the summer. Uh, but there's no plans that I know of just yet. Which means that they need to make their championship matches feel main event quality. Whether that is gonna involve holding television specials, you know, that stand out from their usual weekly TV show. I, I, I don't know how they'd do it right now, but you know, you've got at least maybe four or five months till another takeover is even discussed. So something has to happen to make these big matches feel more than just something else to fill a TV episode with, if you get where I'm going. Now, like I said last month, I can't stand that shit-smelling look anymore on Blair Davenport's face. If she pouts anymore, she's literally going to suck her top lip in through her nostrils. It's horrendous. As far as the match is concerned, very methodical to begin with. Satamura wears Davenport down, kicks that looked absolutely lethal, and then Davenport catches her with a kick through the ropes and hits a draping DDT on the outside, which looked perfectly done. Now, give her adieu. you know Davenport looked better in control than she ever has in her entire time in NXT, U.K so far again like I said mainly because she's been put against jobbers and people that we don't really care about apart from Amelia McKenzie who isn't doing anything anyway Davenport blocked an STF reversed it into an arm bar which looked very nice indeed it gets quite tense this match in the last five minutes and you, you do believe that she, you know Davenport may dethrone Satamora. she catches her with a reverse wheel kick into an STF again Flawless and then Blair hits a double stomp to the back But (laughs) Satamora is bent over on the apron Davenport comes off the top rope and almost surfs Satamora's back with a double stomp and this I will say is the Blair Davenport we need if she's going to dethrone Satamora Which she isn't now she is injured Uh, more on that to come Next month in next month's NXT UK review for February, because you know something does happen in that match, the rematch that is going to shelver I think for at least four or five months. Satomura reverses a V trigger into two Death Valley drivers for a, a crisp near fall. Blair Davenport dodges Scorpio Rising, hits a V trigger for another near fall. Reversals and counters galore. And then Maiko Satamora retains the championship with a reverse pin, which is a la Davy Boy Smith at SummerSlam 92. And then after the match, Davenport attacks her with three V-triggers and holds up the title. I do believe she will be the next champion, just not yet. And I would, going against everything I thought I'd ever say against the Blair Davenport match, I would recommend this to you. As an indicator of just how strong the NXT UK women's division is when they really try with their stars. Moving on to the January the 13th episode and indeed Walter's last stand. And that is highlighted here because we open. The episode opens cold with a video package of Walter. And his many challenges over the years. He says that the time has come for his last match in NXT UK and everything about this, the the music, the feel. Andy Shepherd saying that Walter's story has reached its curtain call is just perfectly done. It leaves you with all the feels and it's quite emotional as well. not and not just because, you know, it's his best For everything he's done for this brand, Walter. After Pete Dunne, and I could go into this later, but yeah, we're on the subject now. After Pete Dunne left NXT UK and dropped the title to Walter, it looked bleak for a while. You know, I didn't believe Walter could step up to the mark. Travis didn't believe it either, but we were proved wrong. Every championship defence of Walter's was five stars. Um, and you rarely get that and you've got you know, the haters that say well he only defended it once every three or four months yeah, and that made the championship special I think a title that is defended every week or every other week or even you know, every month it, it devalues the championship because there's less chance the match is going to be of a certain standard Walter's matches were always of the highest Standard. You you can go back to his matches with Trent Seven, uh, Tyler Bay, even Travis Banks at the Download Festival. Which, if I had to pick a championship defense, which wasn't you know his greatest, it would be that. Even though it was very very good indeed, so the fact that he only defended the title you know on occasion actually elevated the championship when it was defended. Action-wise, we kick off this episode with Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars versus De Familiar, and that, of course, is Tio Man and Rohan Raja, and this is the next match in the Tag Team Championship Tournament. I do like Jack Stars' under- underdog story, um, but I don't see the team going anywhere. In fact, the only place I see it going is you know to, to shit because. I think Mastiff will turn on Stars at some point. That isn't a main event feud. But for now, they're just finding something for Dave Mastiff to do. And to a degree, it's working. To a degree, this is slightly below him. But Jack Stars looks totally believable you know, in this match. And it is a shame, I think, that Dave Mastiff has come to this. When you look at where he's been, you know he came in with a big ferrara. He lost to Joe Coffey in the 2018 United Kingdom Championship Tournament. And then NXT UK picked up and he went on this massive undefeated streak. Great match against Eddie Dennis at the first ever NXT UK TakeOver. And then it just sort of fell for him. You know, he lost the undefeated streak. Then he lost a consecutive match to Jordan Devlin. And there was no plans for him, you know that there was absolutely nothing in place for Dave Mastiff after his undefeated streak ended, and during that undefeated streak, he didn't really do anything with it. He didn't challenge for the gold, he didn't step up you know as you, you know as you would think someone with such a such a record would so I think he's called off. he desperately needs repackaging, he desperately needs something to really push him back into the public eye and that would be a heel turn crush stars because jack stars let's be honest you know he's a veteran but he's a jobber so crush stars and then maybe Mastiff and Dragunov in a feud after Dragunov is done with Devlin but we'll see where that goes I am actually interested to see where this goes as for the match the Familiar begin to get the upper hand, thanks to Charlie Dempsey's distraction. And this is, is actually okay. It oh, I mean, it's okay when Mastiff and Stars are in control. But when Tierman and Raja are in control, it is fucking boring. And I have no interest in them. There's not a little bit about me that thinks Tierman and Raja could be Stars. Because they're not. They're going to fall. Badly into the mid-card after this feud with Gallus is done. And then NXT UK and WWE are not going to be able to retrieve them. Because there's nothing to retrieve. Charlie Dempsey is by far the best thing about this about this defa, DeFamilia stable. And once he leaves them, which he inevitably will, if they don't drag him down in the meantime, they are absolutely fucked. Dave Mastiff hits a lovely front dropkick and centre combo, and then Gallus come out. Uh, They come out to stop Charlie Dempsey cheating, but during the whole fracas, shall we say, Dave Mastiff pins Rohan Raja with a German suplex. Mastiff and Stars advance to face Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter in the final. The winner of that will go on to face Mustache Mountain, for the NXT UK tag team championships and then after this match Gallus and D'Familia brawl this has to be the end i'm sorry nobody cares anymore no one cares about Raja Teoman and i hate to say it nobody really cares about Gallus anymore they've had their time you know they've done everything they can in NXT UK i think the time has come to split them up, but we will get that, we'll get into that, I should say, a little bit later, we get more highlights, of Walter's NXT UK career, and it really hammers home, you know, how vital he was, like I said, after Pete Dunne, then we get another, Jordan Devlin vignette, and thankfully, this doesn't resemble the advert, that we had in last month's, you know, the uh, Eau de Toilette, Look at me, sat on a rock, pose, pose, you know, a lizard crawling around my feet, spray. Don't I smell great? There is very little of that. Um, Hints of it, but very little of it. And really, I think, and I know Travis loves it, but go down a different route with Jordan Devlin. And yeah, it's new, it's fresh, it's something that's not been done before. But in reality, we are one step away from an atomizer. Now with Jordan Devlin. And I don't like it. But we are told that Devlin will challenge Dragunov for the NXT UK Championship in two weeks time. And that, spoiler alert, will be the finale and the main event of this review. So do hang in there. Um A little, uh, just a little insert here. Amal versus Stevie Turner. This was much better than i expected it wasn't out there it wasn't great it wasn't fantastic but it engaged me a lot a mile one with the hope breaker and she looked fantastic i'm gonna say for the first time since she stepped foot in nxt uk what two years ago in 2020 maybe 2019 but you know i i would, recommend you sit through this if you've never seen a mile if you've never seen stevie turner then i would recommend this as a jumping on point because both women turned it up here very very good little match and that brings us to the main event of the january the 13th nxt uk and it is walter's last stand now the week's proceeding had been leading up to this with the vignettes with the the look back at his title run you know his domination over the nxt uk brand etc and now his final stand against nathan frazier and poor nathan frazier before we start he didn't stand a cat in hell's chance not just with you know the match side of it, but with, with the audience, because this was all about Walter from beginning to end. He gets a round of applause even before his music begins. That is how much he has been revered in the United Kingdom, in NXT UK. And there's nothing but respect from a crowd who previously booed him, because that is what you do. You know, as good as he was. I remember when we were in Blackpool for TakeOver Blackpool 2 in January 2020. Seems so long ago now. We haven't been to an NXT UK TakeOver for so long. But when we were there, you know, there there were smatterings of cheers. But it was mostly cheers for Walter because, you know, he was the foreign invader. And that is what you did. But now he's at the end. There was nothing but respect from... The 50 people there. And he came out to let's go Walter Chance. He looked physically tremendous. I know he's getting himself in shape for the NXT run. And I will just say that this deserved not just the match, but his entire send off deserved a takeover stage. It deserved an arena or it deserved, you know, the ballroom in Blackpool. But, Something more than television studios with 50 people. There was just something wrong about it. yeah. And it's a shame that he had to go out that way. Maybe they could bring him back for one more match once everything... You know, the pandemic in the United Kingdom now is... It's still here, but our Prime Minister is opening everything up. The COVID restrictions are disappearing so, there's more likely, you know, more concerts and shows and wrestling events are going to be held now. So, maybe NXT UK TakeOver, you know, it, it's coming in summer, possibly. But I'd like to see Walt to get a proper send-off in front of a proper crowd. However, this match, absolutely tremendous. All go from the beginning. Nathan Fraser shows heart, but like I said, it's all about one man. Chop after chop is brutal. And the back and forth is absolutely excellent. Walter hits a big boot. Frazier counters a powerbomb into a code red in what is a stunning sequence. And then Frazier goes to the leg. He goes to chop the old redwood down, but he can't quite manage it. Walter hits a chop, catching him as he comes off the top rope, nearly takes his head off. For me, Walter sold a bit too much in this, considering you know he's he's the outgoing. I'm gonna I would say villain, but let's be honest, He's the outgoing hero in this match. Nathan Frazier probably isn't gonna be booked strongly after this. I know he's going into a mini feud with Tear Man. Christ Almighty, but this wouldn't have mattered had Walter not sold as much, but he does. Frazier with a stomp and a frog splash, but it isn't enough. And Walter wins with a powerbomb in a fitting end to an incredible match and an absolutely incredible run in NXT UK. And what can you say? He has been the pioneer of this brand since he dethroned Pete Dunne in 2019. He has been, you know, the ambassador for NXT UK everywhere he's gone. Survivor series nxt he's taken the title back to wxw and like pete dunn did he defended it and appeared with it around the world you can't ask more than that and me and travis have spoken at length actually on this podcast in the past few weeks about what walter meant to nxt uk i don't think i can add more to that I would put him up there with Pete Dunne you know, as the greatest champions this brand has ever had. And thank you very much, Walter. You know, from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of all the hearts of the NXT UK faithful, just thank you very much indeed. And after this match, there are a huge chance of Walter, a much-deserved stand ovation, and Nigel McGuinness signs off the episode... As good as anybody could by simply saying, en Dank, mon General, which literally translates to thank you, my General. And what more can you say about that? So, with Walter now gone, we move on to January the 20th, NXT UK, and we, we pick up with an odd one Pretty Deadly versus Sam Gradwell and Saxon Huxley. Now, the story heading into this match was mildly amusing. I'm not going to lie. I think more amusing probably than the match was, even though the match wasn't bad. It, it revolved around Sam Gradwell basically trying to find a tag team partner to face Pretty Deadly. This was played out mostly on his social media, and it was very well done. He would he was asking wrestlers in the performance centre mcdonald's staff tweeting people whether they wanted to be his partner or not but the problem i have with this is that both pretty deadly and sam gradwell in recent months have been elevated beyond comedy you know sam gradwell should be a strong heritage cup contender by now pretty deadly only just lost the titles to Mustache Mountain. They should still be at the top of the tag team division, challenging to get those titles back. And I believe they will, you know, re-ta- regain the championships, which will be the destruction of Mustache Mountain. But right now, why this? And I people are going to say, well, you know, to keep them relevant, to keep them on television. You don't need to keep them relevant like this. They're already relevant. You, you could have given them two months off then brought them back in an angle where they just attacked Moustache Mountain. This is way, you know, they're, they're way beyond this and so is Sam Gradwell. Now, credit where credit's due, obviously Saxon Huxley, they reference the Berserker when they're talking about Saxon and Huxley and the match, it worked pretty well. Huxley looked really good. This slowed in the middle badly. Um, it went a little too long, obviously. So that there was going to be, come a point where it just petered out. But for who pretty deadly opponents were, it, it went too long. Gradwell looked like a star. And just some, you know some of the highlights of this match. Sam Stoker caught Gradwell coming off the rope with the forearm. And then Williams, Kenny... Williams he came down to distract Saxon Huxley he attacked him from behind and then caused a distraction so pretty deadly could hit spilt milk for the win now yeah that was the end of the match pretty deadly win Kenny Williams is the best you've got for him Saxon Huxley and we said last month on the December 2021 NXT UK review that Saxon Huxley, he has improved from you know where he was in 2017 to now, he's a sort of under mid card comedy gimmick. He obviously got the Berserker stuff down, but Kenny Williams again, after he dumped Tamir Jordan, he looked fabulous. He looked like he was going to be where Noam Dar is now and then he just fell off a cliff the whole scumbag gimmick it was very good it was a departure we've been calling for a heel turn from kenny williams for christ knows how long years and then it finally happens and they just wasted it he fell off a cliff booking wise and he's never recovered since which is a it's a shame but it is what it is and i, I don't think kenny williams is going to go anywhere in nxt uk I, Yeah, the heel turn was his last chance and WWE's last chance to really get anything out of him. And now he's just collecting a paycheck. Next up, Amelia McKenzie versus Isla Dawn. And I don't know where Isla Dawn's going. She is stuck in this rut of gothic pagan bullshit where her whole gimmick, a whole shtick now, is just taking the possessions of people who beat her and then giving them back once she gets her win back and it's not making her better and i'm so disappointed because a year ago a year and a half ago before the pandemic hit isla dawn looked like she was going to be the next nxt uk women's champion and if people don't watch nxt uk or have just dipped in and out then th- this woman started off really really shaky she wasn't much to look at in the ring and then that match against zy Brookside came late 2018 and it started to pick up for her you know sh- she was gaining traction she was gaining momentum her in-ring work really picked up and then nothing they turned the heel out of absolutely nowhere they gave her this witch gimmick, and she's just stagnated. She's absolutely stagnated, and as for this match, there's nice counters, there's nice reversals, as you'd expect there to be with a Amelia McKenzie match. Amelia McKenzie hits a lovely German, but Isla Dawn then counters a sunset flip with a double stomp. Mackenzie hits another sunset flip from the second rope and in then a spear for a near fall in a lovely chain of events. And then Isla Dawn counters a German suplex into a roll-up. Mackenzie hits a suicide dive, which looks fabulous. And then she misses a crossbody and Isla Dawn hits the swinging side neckbreaker for the victory. I didn't hate the result because Isla Dawn needed something and Mackenzie got a watch back you know as a result of losing but like I said at the beginning Isla Dawn isn't going to progress any further now without taking that next step and what is that next step for me it's the NXT UK Women's Championship a lot of people will disagree but I will give her the title now that Blair Davenport is out and just see where she goes what's the harm if it fails it fails But it's time to take a risk with her because she's not going to budge. She's not going to advance any further than she already has on the brand. So what harm can it do? And I don't usually say that about a championship reign or a wrestler or anyone's booking. But really, you have to just put Isla Dawn in that spot now. And if it fails, you chalk it up to experience and say, look, at least we tried to do something with her instead of letting her stagnate to the point where she just fades away because nobody cares. As for Millie McKenzie, she's not going anywhere full stop, sadly. Just simply because she's not committed fully to to WWE, she's still doing the Medusa Project stuff elsewhere on the Indies. And until she gives that up, I don't believe WWE are going to push her or take her seriously. She's just going to be a stooge for Mako Satamora and whoever Satamora goes up against as women's champion. Next up, we get a video package for Ileana Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin on the following NXT UK episode. And it is announced as an empty arena match. It's a fantastic video package. Credit where credit's due. And it makes this match feel massive. However, this match, the story, it needs a takeover to do it justice. I've lost count how many times we've said that. And then the main event of January the 20th was the NXT UK Heritage Cup match. Noam Dar defending against a kid. And Noam Dar has, he's had possibly the, the best trajectory of anyone on NXT UK so far. He's gone from, you know, nameless, faceless cruiserweight to a legitimate star on a biggish stage. The addition of Shah Samuels is a masterstroke and their partnership has taken him up a level. However, the first thing to note about this match, and there is a lot to note because this is a very, very good match. WWE have to stop piping in the fake crowd noise. And it's so noticeable when Noam Dar comes down. The audio that was just booing him, it was embarrassing. People know how popular he is. People were cheering him in the arena, and WWE were doing their best to drown out them cheers with pre-recorded boos. Terrible. Now, this match was absolutely stunning. Like January had a spate of absolutely excellent main events for NXT UK. This was just one of them, but yeah, th- this probably would rival Walter versus Frasier. This would rival Dragonov versus Devlin for a match of the month for me, I, I-, I think. Six rounds, and every round was packed with something you know round one it was the feeling out process dar played the heel trying to get away from Akid. kid a kid dominated with headlocks and a test of strength and then when the round ended there was tension between both men as the bell rang they faced up in the ring little shoving match and they had to be separated round two was very much like round one feeling out to try and get the advantage Noam Dar did get the advantage as he went to Akid's ribs with a stiff knee, and Akid's ribs were heavily taped with black kinesio tape. The story of that was that he'd injured his ribs. I, I can't recall whether it was against Noam Dar or against somebody else, but Dar took advantage of that. Akid tried an octopus pin for a near fall. There were quick spurts, but they were sort of brought to a halt by rest holds, and I, I didn't hate that actually. Because it was six rounds, because this match went the full time limit, they had to do something. If they'd have gone hell for leather in round two, then they would have been knackered for the remaining, what, 15 minutes. Round three, more intensity. No Dargo's for draping DDT. Kicks ached in the head. Nova Roller, which ached counters. Dar trips Aikid with a kick and then hits a second over roller for the pin. 1-0 to Noam Dar, ends round three early and the heel, well, heel slash baby face has the advantage. And then round four begins and Noam Dar goes straight for it, straight for the pin. Aikid catches him in the implanter armbar and then Dar reverses it into a series of near falls, which is very well done. Then Dar catches a kid with a boot in the corner, feet on the ropes for the near fall. But like I said before, Noam Dar has the Eddie Guerrero charm about him. He can cheat to win and people love him for it. You know, and you don't get that with many wrestlers these days. Usually it's boring, usually it's been done, but because Noam Dar has such charm and you know, a connection with the audience as well, I still believe he's the current ICW World Heavyweight Champion. Then he can get away with murder. And if they treat him right, NXT UK and WWE, then they could have something very special on their hands and possibly the man to dethrone Ilya Dragunov down the line. Uh, as for the rest of round four, missed suicide dives into barricades. I, I will, you know, Lean on them for one thing. Um, A kid missed that suicide dive that I mentioned. Hit the barricade hard. Looked very good. But then he did that shitty spot where the referee gets to the count of nine. And he just get up and leap back in the ring. Terrible. That spot has to be eradicated from all professional wrestling. Not just WWE. um, AEW. Progress. ICW. WX. Everywhere. Every wrestling company in the world. Should ban that spot because it makes what came before it look absolutely absurd. There's desperation on Noam Dar's face as he can't quite put Akid down, which is great. And, and then Akid does a move which I think I'll remember for a very long time to come. With Noam Dar's arm, he runs up the rope, he runs along the top rope, and then he flips backwards, avoiding. Shaun samuels on the apron and hits noam dar with a ddt for the pinfall one all and that was absolutely wonderful as was the story of Shaun samuels at ringside who is beside himself because he'd bet everything on noam dar winning by this point round five begins and noam dar looks in trouble He's fighting back, but A Kid is getting on top. Near fall from a suplex variant from the top rope by A Kid. Dar tries a champagne super knee bar, but the Spaniard counters into an arm bar. Noam Dar then counters that into an arm bar of his own. A Kid hits an Uma planter. Noam Dar reverses it into a a triangle choke in a marvellous series of like that, that that was top work. Yeah, you know, there's kicks, there's German suplexes, and then A kid looks like he's won the Heritage Cup for a second time. Snags a sleeper hold on Noam Dar, but the time limit on the round expires, and both men by this point look desperate to win. The final round, round six, there's hard strikes to start by both men, reversals of pinfall's attempts. Charles Samuels holds Noam Dar's feet to stop him being rolled backwards, but gets hit with a suicide dive. There's a a heel hook by A-Kid. Noam Dar hits a back elbow for a near fall, but he has problems with the ankle, so he can't cover him. Then A-Kid hits his A-kick for the closest near fall of the entire month, I think. Uma Plata... But then time runs out and the referee rules the match a draw just as Aikid looks like he's going to win the cup. It's a great tense ending, but we have seen these go to extra time. Is my, my only thing. I know they wanted to drag this out to a rematch, a rematch which I'm looking forward to. But yeah, when you've had these bouts go to a draw and then extra time to have this just end abruptly felt a little bit silly, but I'm looking forward to the rematch. The belt, it was built in the first three rounds. It paid off in the last three expertly executed and fans were really behind Noam Dar retaining there was a sense in the, the BT sports studios that that was the exact right choice. And I I thoroughly recommend that you watch this. Finally, we move on to January the 27th. And first off, Gallus versus D Familia. And this is the last time we will review anything to do with this rivalry. That is a promise. I am sick to the back teeth of it. And this better be the blow-off because it's been nothing but dull. Tia Man and Rohan Raja are bloody awful. I'm sorry to say that. And for everybody on Twitter calling for them to be added to uh, 2k22 no no you know i will download them as creations but i will not pay for a dlc pack with these men in and i will probably not ever use them either just why i don't see the attraction they bore me to tears and i you know nxt uk you wouldn't notice they've gone if and possibly when they're axed the match itself, Joe Coffey and Tierman go at it. Fisticuffs from the opening bell. Gallus get the upper hand with Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Then Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, as former tag team champions, do a lovely double leg roll throw on Raja. Then d Familiar take control. But when they do, oh, this match slows to a crawl. It's almost like they don't know how to keep a match interesting. And have like their moment on top. Charlie Dempsey is by far the best thing about that group. Like, by far the best thing. And without being flashy as well. You know, all his moves just. His father. His father is in all of his moves, and you can see him. Let's fast forward this match because it's absolutely fucking dull. Um, Joe Coffey hits a Glasgow send off on Charlie Dempsey. A near fall. And then the match descends into chaos. Tierman chop blocks Wolfgang. And then Charlie Dempsey locks in the STF for the submission win. Yes. The baby face is tapped out. <laughs> he just, he submitted. And that was it. And this has to be the end. Gallus have nowhere left to go. It would now be sensible to kick Wolfgang out of the group. And just add the Coffee brothers to what either needy tag team division. Charlie Dempsey needs to ditch Tierman and Rohan Raja. This has to be, hands down for me, and we've seen some stinkers over the past three years, this has to be the worst feud NXT UK has ever done. And if I remember, I'll pick Travis's brains on this next month because just woeful. Woeful. It's made me less interested in Gallus. And I was a fan of Gallus. But it's made me not want to see him again. Next, we get a match graphic for Maiko Satamura versus Blair Davenport 2 in a Japanese street fight for the first episode of February. You will get that in our review next month. However, please... Please keep the camera away from close ups of Blair Davenport's face. It's now getting, I don't know whether it was a running joke in NXT UK, but it's not pleasant whatsoever. And then we are ready for the main event of the January the 27th episode, and indeed the main event of this episode of Union Smack. Andy Shepard is in the ring, and this immediately big fight feel. He says, says the fans have been removed for their own protection and Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin for the NXT UK Championship is a no disqualification, fools count anywhere, empty arena match. Now, again, credit where credit's due to the NXT UK production crew because they film both men's entrances in a very, very creepy way. So, what we get first is Jordan Devlin walking through the backstage area before his entrance music hits. And they add this creepy, mysterious music to him just walking through the backstage area. And they do the same to Dragunov as well. Very well shot. He gets all the feels here. And the match itself, exemplary. I know, and we'll get to this at the end the end of the match, I'm babbling now. You can tell I've been talking a long time. But a lot of people didn't like this. A lot of reviewers, I say that in inverted inverted quotation marks, a lot of reviewers didn't like this match, but I thought this was absolutely sensational. It began out of nowhere. As, As the ring announcer was doing the introductions, Jordan Devlin just launched an attack on the champion with a headbutt and then holds the title up over his fallen body, which looked great. Dragunov hits a pair of Germans, but Jordan Devlin goes to the low blow to block them, and then he ties Dragunov into the ropes, a la Andre the Giant, fetches a steel chair, and Dragunov kicks him to stop him striking. Because his first attempt didn't work, Devlin then <laughs> he gets a screwdriver, but Dragunov... Untangles itself and launches a hard right hand. Close line takes both men over the top rope. Dragunov hits a backdrop on the apron. Devlin is whipped into the barricade and then sends Dragunov into the steps. And the cries of pain from Dragunov are dramatic. This is something he's done for for years now. It's like he strains every fiber in his body to let you know how much it hurts, and it adds to his performance it adds to whatever match he's in and bravo for that not enough people sell in the way dragunov sells anymore it's very randy savage-esque for me at least devlin throws the ring steps into the ring which you know they're there for the end of the match and then dragunov just piles into him with a torpedo moscow which sends them both through the barricade. Jordan Devlin is thrown into a pile of standing chairs. Dragonor's chair shots sound absolutely wicked. He stacks the chairs on top of each other. And then suplexes Devlin over the barricade onto them. This match is full of innovative spots. You, you might have seen one or two you know, elsewhere either WWE, AEW, etc. But these two execute everything they do in this match with sheer aplomb. There's not one thing you look at and go, oh, that could have been done a bit better. It's all perfect. They battle into, I would say into the back, but it's not. It's an area just off of the where the fans sit, just behind the big... If you've watched NXT UK, you'll know there's a big plinth of television screens in the middle of the audience, and they fight just around the back of it. Various pieces of equipment get ruined. Devlin counters a Dutch lift with an eye rake. Dragunov charges at him. Devlin ducks, and the champion goes through the table for a near fall. And then Jordan Devlin sandwiches Dragunov between two equipment crates, which looks very good. And then the Irish ace ends up on top of the crate and hits a wonderful moonsault. It's, it's a thing of beauty. Both men make their way back to the ring. And then Jordan Devlin brings out the tables and chairs, throws them across Dragunov's back, hits him with everything he can think of to try and keep him down. But it doesn't work. He attempts a Devlin sides through the table, but Dragunov knocks him out with elbows, a suplex on the chair. And then Jordan Devlin takes the steel chair to Dragonov's knee on the top rope and then does something that we've not seen him do for... It's got to be a year, a year and a half at least. He hits the island's call cool for a near fall. Do you remember that move? It, it, it passed me by, I'll be honest. And until he hit it here, I forgot it even existed. It, it, it just goes to show that if you don't do... You know, your signature move in every match, and you just leave it out for a while. It feels fresh and new when you do finally bring it back again. Dragunov hits a DVD through the table for another near-fall, and this match is packed with near-falls. This goes and goes and goes, and it's all the better for it. Then Dragunov collapses, holding his eye, because it has been through some trauma, as he goes for the Torpedo Moscow. Another headbutt by Jordan Devlin, excellent brain buster for a near fall and then Devlin gets desperate he brings out the cable ties ties Dragunov's hands behind his back whips him and then just smashes his legs with a steel chair in a move that Kathy Bates would be proud of but then the end comes Devlin misses the concerto on the steel steps and Dragunov catches a, a break takes flight off of the stairs and hits the Torpedo Moscow for the victory, absolutely tremendous, and I urge you, even if you're not a fan of NXT UK, and you've just wandered onto this episode by chance, I urge you to go and look this up, January the 27th, main event NXT UK, just absolutely brilliant, for my money, it won't be for everyone's, it wasn't for everyone's, but, You know, from the story they told to the elevation of Jordan Devlin, Dragunov looked lucky to retain, and there will be a rematch. There has to be a rematch. For me, again, not for everyone, but I think Ilya Dragunov has done more to elevate Jordan Devlin than any of Devlin's opponents so far, more than Tyler Bate even. Uh, Blackpool too. This was a great, great effort by both men. Now now comes the, the part where I have to have a little moan. Yes the lack of crowd was a factor and this would have been even better with one. You know, anything is better with the crowd mostly, depending on if you know they want to take over the show or not. However I do I did what I usually do. Well there's been a great match. I like to see what other people have said about it. So I scoured the internet and most of the reviews were very good. However, four one one mania and whatever little gremlin wrote that the article on it, two and a half stars because it had no audience. Like this is Dave Meltzer level of petty now. It doesn't matter whether it had the audience or not. We've had a, almost a year of no audience, and we got used to it. The matches weren't brought down at all because you know of an empty arena, and neither was this top quality match. And the internet gremlins can all kiss my ass because I would stack this up against anything WWE's main roster has to offer. I would stack this up against anything AEW, Impact, you know, what was Ring of Honor, etc., even New Japan have to offer. Just go and check it out and you'll see that I'm right. And that is all I have for you this week. We seem to have done it all right. Just under an hour, I think this clocked in at. But again, thank you for listening to me, Drone On. Travis will be back with us next week for our review of In Your House 16 Canadian Stampede and easily, I think, the best In Your House we've ever reviewed and ever will review. Thank you again for sticking with us, for the downloads, for the comments, for the questions you send in. Um, We are open now to questions for March's Question Time, Episode 2. So do get them in. You can leave them on the social media channels. You can leave them on the comments here. We will read every question out that we get. Even if we get 100 questions, which we won't, but even if we did get 100 questions, we'd read them out. We'd stay here for two or three hours if absolutely needed. Just to answer your queries So keep them coming in. And before I go, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at BruiserMate. You can find Travis on Twitter at hogan, And you can follow the show on Twitter at UnionSmack. If there's any announcements or anything, then they will be on one of those three channels. But always on UnionSmack, because that is the home of the podcast on twitter unionsmack.podbean.com, where you can find links to all the other podcast sites anchor.fm forward slash union dash smack is it dash hyphen smack uh you'll find the links there to pocket casts and then you can find us on stitcher as well audible wherever you listen to your podcasts you'll find us we're all over the world so there is no excuse unionsmack.bigcardale.com for all your Habiki TMD merchandise needs, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash unionsmack for the new Union Smack shirt, lulu.com where you can purchase a copy of my books, The Undertaker, A Trip Down Death Valley, NXT UK Year One, and if you didn't catch any of that, then all the links to the social media, the merchandise platforms, and all that good stuff are available at the very top of the Podbean page so you don't miss a thing and also go to the Habiki TMD YouTube page where you can get all the best in retro gaming pro wrestling and all the great stuff that Travis has up there you will not be disappointed you will not be bored and that is all we've got honestly reading, reading that out at the beginning and end of each podcast I feel like Tony Khan taking the register at an AEW show it's just so long now But, you know, it's great that we're everywhere. Five years we've been doing this now, and we're we're branching out. We're getting to you good people. So, again, grateful for all the support. I know Travis is too. We say this every week, but we love you. Please stick with us. And cheerio, mates.